I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals who love creepy things. And also a couple of creepy things that love creepy gals. Oh. You know, whatever works. Speaking of creepy gals, <laughs> we brought one of our best ghoul friends back for episode four. Welcome back to the podcast, Daniela. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for being here. And, and you know, what's more fun to kick off a horror comedy podcast than with some Halloween jokes? Oh, <laughs> I got some good ones. Bree, why didn't the ghost dance at the Halloween party? I don't know. Why didn't he dance? Because he had no body to dance with. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Bree. What kind of horses do ghosts ride? I don't know, Brie. What do they ride? Nightmares. <laughs> so great. That's oh, amazing. Well, hey, Brie, what do we have for booze news this week? Well, some amazing things happening uh, with the Funko Pops. I don't know if any of you've seen it. But Lots. <laughs> I mean, they have been releasing some crazy stuff for um, halfway to Halloween. Their Funkoween, as they would call it. Um, <clears throat> this week, they released the Adam and Barbara Maitland from Beetlejuice. Yay! Also, Chucky from Child's Play, which it's going to be a, a 10-inch uh, toy. Ooh. So, I mean, if you're a big Chucky fan, and you'll be into that. And who doesn't love 10 inches? <laughs> 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 Again, comedy podcast. <laughs> Jared, don't cut that out. <laughs> uh, also, they released The Invisible Man and Frankenstein. Oh, and they're so cute. Did you see The Invisible Man? I no. did. You know, you so know I'm getting that one. It's so cute. He's adorable. <laughs> um, also, two Stephen King dolls, which that's pretty cool. I, yeah. I don't think I've seen one of those that they made before. Um, if they did. Sorry, I didn't mention that. But. <laughs> one, one of them, he's holding the little red Pennywise balloon. Yeah. It's ad- they're so damn I'm pretty cute. sure you probably pre-ordered that for yourself. Darn Funko. Well, if I could find the pre-order link. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, to bring that up, um, I know on some of them, they're doing pre-orders on Amazon. Oh, Google's Amazon. <laughs> money gone bye bye paycheck um also um there are some new mini haunted mansion pops also nightmare before christmas there's like 10 brand new nightmare before christmas pops uh there's a screaming jack they have the sandy claws mm-hmm. uh sally sewing and then they're also doing an artist series of different jack skellington pops that are going to be 10 inches and like- <laughs> not not related but since you started talking about Funko Pop pre-orders kind of related, when the hell did Post Malone get a pop? What? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? It, How Post, did they Post do Malone all those little been... tattoos on his face? Well, they, just... Don't, they just kind of look like scribbles, which is kind of what I see when I look at Post Malone's face I just, anyway. I just love all those memes where it's like, Post Malone's going to be Joe Exotic's next husband. Oh my God, I mean, it's pretty accurate, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's also a, there's a Victor and Emily corpse bride. Oh, I did one. see oh, those yes. ones. Those ones are so cute. And he's even got scraps, the little it's dog. So... <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many. I mean, there's also um, also for the they also came out with Hocus Pocus ones, and they're flying mm-hmm. on the brooms. 
And specifically, you know, I love my girl, Kathy and I, Jimmy. They have her flying on the vacuum cleaner. Oh my God. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. So they can eat, they're sold separately or you can get them in a three pack, which that will probably happen. But make sure you look out at Walgreens Hot Topic box lunch. And as I said before, they're also doing pre-orders on Amazon for that. So each company is going to have a different one version yeah, or are they all going to ha- carry the same the same one? Different places will have different ones. I mean, I know Hot Topic and Box Lunch, they usually have exclusives. exclusives. Like I know uh, for Box Lunch, the Jack Skellington 10-inch um, figure, that will be exclusive to them. And then I know on some of the... Um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, they'll have some diamond editions available at Hot Topic. And horror merch is going to have a couple of them too, but I don't remember which ones. Oh. But horror merch will have some yes. exclusive ones, I think, as well. But yeah, definitely check out Funko's website. And because, like I said, I mean, I feel like they've been kind of surprising us throughout the week with new releases. So definitely check them out. Absolutely. And also in uh, spectacular film and television news, we're getting our first look at The Stand, <gasps> the new miniseries coming Yay. with Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, man. Mm. I'm so <laughs> freaking excited and so timely because it's very clear reading through my Facebook feed that none of the people that are protesting this pandemic have ever read The Stand because and they should y'all would yes. still be inside because 99% of the people died so I mean literally the first chapter of the book mm-hmm. right. like a whole family dies mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody right everybody except the guy at the gas station he's yeah. arrived <laughs> yeah well I mean he's in the gas station <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm super excited for the miniseries I hope that they do it justice um, and then in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to be doing our book club book episode on the stand since Ooh. clearly a lot of people haven't read it and a lot of people need to. And it's just so appropriate right now. So, so timely. Yeah. So appropriate. It really is. <laughs> and also other exciting in TV news, uh, what we do in the shadows was just renewed for a third season. Yeah. Like truthfully, season one was really hard for me. It was a little slow. It and was a little slow. the humor was definitely very dry. I think coming off the movie, they were trying to you know, kind of go with the same, mm-hmm. um, you know, type of humor and comedy with it. But as it as it goes on, it, it gets much better. Oh, and I loved, uh, ep- I think it was episode one in season two, uh, Haley Joe Osment from... Uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Sixth Sense. Yeah, from Sixth Sense, uh, plays a zombie, or, well, he played a familiar and then was turned killed. To, turned yeah, zombie. Yeah, Guillermo kills him. Yeah, turned zombie. Oh, my God. I, I think this whole uh, thing with v- uh, Guillermo being a vampire hunter is probably the best thing oh that God. I've ever it's seen hilarious. in my life. Oh, wow. And the, you know, the one thing, the other thing I'll say is the uh, energy vampire episodes. <laughs> Colin is my spirit animal. I'm just going to say that right right now it's so <laughs> funny like how what a creative vampire to put in a house of vampires is an energy vampire. did you guys watch this last week's episode yet Jared, Jared, did we watch it blink once for yes twice for no we watched it <laughs> I, yes. was like, I did not yet was it the one where he clones himself no, no this is the one where they uh basically fight over the cursed hat again no, we okay. So we're not caught up then. We did not watch that one, and I will not tell you any more than that. Okay. Oh boy, but it's pretty funny. No, such I think an amazing show. The, we we watched the one where uh, Colin gets promoted, 
and he becomes really full of himself and starts like his head starts growing and then he ends up like cloning himself but then because there's three of them they just like suck the energy out of each other yeah and then the two die die. oh my gosh i was i was laughing so hard and then uh we watched the one where uh oh oh it had mark hamill in it yes yes Uh, Oh my, Jared, help me. Why can't I remember his name? Who's Nadja's husband's name? Laszlo. Laszlo. Where Laszlo disappears or he has to go off because he he stiffed Mark Hamill's vampire <laughs> character on some money when he stayed there like 100 years ago. And I didn't know until the end of the episode that it was Mark Hamill. It's like, oh, Jared, oh, that's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so good. So good. It was awesome. I gotta say, I really love all the guest appearances and cameos that Mark Hamill's been playing lately because oh. they're just so fantastic. Giving yeah. me life. <laughs> yeah, so good news. It was renewed for a third season. I'm super excited because season two has been great so far. So let's hope that season three is just as good. Agreed. Um, Some other amazing news, just kind of helping out with the uh, pandemic. Um, So A24 um, did a lot of uh, auctions to uh, benefit four different New York-based charities for COVID-19 emergency fund. And at one of these charities... Um, a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars was raised um, for the F FDNA Foundation, and um, it was costumes from Midsummer. Ooh, I don't know if you guys seen that, but there's some pretty cool costumes in that movie. It was the weir- strangest movie I've ever watched. Dude, that movie was unsettling. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the movie, but I have seen all the costumes. Are you and are you out of your nausea stage of your? pregnancy oh yeah okay okay then you're fine. yeah then you can, you watch, can watch it, it. okay <laughs> <laughs> but they um they uh <clears throat> auctioned off her danny's may queen dress the finishing mallet the bear headdress and Ew. also the may queen crown which i kind of want it but it was, it was, but i also you know. i probably could afford it but <laughs> yeah. that's pretty cool but yeah. i'm glad that people are out there you know just trying to do their best to you know get people what they need have auctions help raise money help you know make people stay inside <laughs> help support all we can pandemic. do to help each other right now yeah it's a really difficult time mm-hmm. so i mean that's pretty cool that you know they auction off those things and were able to raise money for a good cause um also another news uh i don't know if you guys follow creepsville I sure do. I do. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> they are. They made a couple of monster masks. So if you like to stay Halloween, you know, fashioned, they made a couple of masks. So there's a, a creature one, Daniela. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> um, there's also a vampire one and probably the most accurate one. There's a zombie one. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to scare people (laughs) during this quarantine, um, you can get those masks. They were just cough on them. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That too. (laughs) But it's a good way to stay spooky and kind of have fun with it, I guess. (laughs) Um, Another cool thing, uh, double K originals, couple of handbags. Uh, They made a, a Jason mask purse. That was released and it looks super amazing. I just have to say, for all, and anybody is a Jason fan, they will probably love this bag. The hockey mask, not the scarecrow oh, mask from, yes. from Friday the 13th, part yeah, two. To and be more specific, their bags are definitely very, they're super very well made. Well made. Yeah, yeah, very, very well made. Well made. They, they aren't cheap. No, but, but you pay for yeah. what you get. They but, aren't cheap, but they're not cheap. But no. I, I yeah. like people who are, you know, really 
you know, putting all their their craft into that. And I I, I would pay for something very well made. I feel like I if know. you're going to put pride in your work, you have to price it at the same. And realistically, you know. bitches will pay that much for it on eBay anyway. People are going mm-hmm. and paying $500 on, on eBay for bags right now. Mm-hmm. Nope. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's no. not me. Sorry. No. <laughs> and... Very sadly, uh, Facebook reminded me today that one year ago today, we were at DragCon and we went to see the Boulay Brothers oh, Monsters Ball. Don't remind me. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I, they definitely needed to cancel DragCon, but I'm so yeah. sad because the, the Monsters Ball was my favorite part of DragCon. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and just meeting, getting the chance to meet the Boulay Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year that was well, that was I really died. cool like you guys said in a previous podcast any drag queen doing spooky is like my favorite yeah, ever it's, it's, you know it's great i think that <laughs> what was the the newest one this year was aiden zane who was kind of a spooky drag queen yeah, yeah. but also bit. if you and i'm just gonna plug <laughs> a little bit <laughs> if you haven't checked out landon cider oh you landon. are missing out my favorite <laughs> one I, of the best i fell in love with landon the first time we saw him at mary's in weho several years oh, yes. ago i'm not and, gonna talk about my feelings <laughs> oh my god just so amazing but Such a talented person yeah. totally and i love that a drag king won Me the too. third season of dragula i was so excited so excited and oh my god that number that he did at the monsters ball last year with the top hat and he like threw oh, yes. red bloody glitter everywhere <laughs> just like I wish I was in the front for Kill that. Kill me now. I'm definitely disappointed that got canceled this year. I, I was yeah. really looking forward well, to, and also, to going to that. Well, and also, it was on my birthday weekend. I know. I know. And I'm not going to do that again. That one, although, you know, I think my... I And I loved Bitch Puddin's number. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, also, so can good. we talk about Creme Fatale? <laughs> <gasps> okay, Creme Fatale, do, like, reenacting the Manson murders on stage while Jessica Simpson's I Think I'm in Love was playing in the background. <laughs> the absolute best. My favorite. My favorite. <laughs> Such a beautiful, beautiful, like, person, too. Like, oh I my look God. at all of the Instagram posts and the and makeup and she's everything. She's so nice, too. She's such a sweetheart. Yes. Like, when we got to meet her at DragCon. She's just, if you don't follow for, uh, Creme Fatale on, on Instagram, you're missing out. Oh, she's do it. Time. The best. Do it. She's so talented. But also, I want to mention, too, even though, you know, a lot of these, the drag performances and uh, DragCon's not happening, I noticed that a lot of them are doing a lot of um, Instagram live shows. Some are doing Facebook, but I think Almost mainly it's day. on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it's just another way to kind of I just say, just go and support them. Support Even your if drag it's, community. you know, $1, $2, like, you know, they don't have a space to perform and work like they normally do. So please check out their shows, um, their live shows, and please help support them. I really feel yeah. like every dollar helps Absolutely. in this situation. Yes. And all of the, the Hamburger Marys are so good about posting when their live shows are going to mm-hmm. be. And if you love spooky not to be on like a drag king kick <laughs> but uh if you love spooky drag you have to follow king phantom oh yeah on that's another one. Oh my gosh he does pennywise that's just to die for uh he's done the mad hatter jack skellington i mean any spooky character he's done it and it's so good makeup's phenomenal yeah. phenomenal and there's there are just so many to Bree's point there's so many live drag shows and there's so many spooky drag kings and queens out there like 
support your local and drag it's community. just as fun watching those on instagram than it you know mm-hmm. it's it's almost like makes you feel like you're there like and your you're, cocktails are way yes. cheaper yes yeah exactly i was like the one that i did on my birthday that was a lot of fun oh yeah and that was a great i night. did drink a lot like i would at, if i was at him <laughs> <laughs> all right so this week's uh movie slash tv slash uh, visual media review was actually a suggestion from one of our listeners and one of my favorite humans to walk the face of the planet, Ms. Demetria. Uh, she is part of our Derby League. Uh, she's not only a fierce skater and super badass, she's a mm-hmm. strong woman and just one of my favorite people. So uplifting. She's great, great lady. So, uh, Demetria, this one's specifically for you. You're welcome. We, we love, love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to talk about the movie 13 Ghosts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, most people, I would like probably 95% of the population is familiar in the horror community with the 2001 version that came out with yep. uh, Good Old Monk. Uh, slash Tony Shaggy, yeah, yeah, slash Mr. Maisel, um, and uh, Shaggy, all you know, Matthew Lillard. Uh, but we also would like to make sure everybody knows there was actually a 1960 version. That is amazing. Yes, and <laughs> accidental stumble upon, and, uh, and it was the best. Truthfully, ever. I might like the 1960 version better. I am in full agreement with that. Because I, and, and don't get me wrong, I love the 2001 version, mm-hmm. uh, but the 1960 version is just like classic 60s horror camp. <laughs> it's so good and so ridiculous. Uh, so the, the 1960 version was directed by William Castle, who uh, famously directed House on Haunted Hill, the Vincent Price movie, oh. which also amazing and yeah that one was remade with uh famke jansen jeffrey rush um was it who else was in it I forgot oh. that actress's name um, i see her face yes i know her face it's but not i can't ali larder is it no no but Maybe, she looks no, like wait, ali larder was in house on Haunted Hill. it was ali was larder. it oh, yeah. diggs also in yeah, house Tay diggs. Oh, Tay diggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, so they, they were in the remake of that one uh then the original was vincent price um, he also directed I Saw What You Did, which I love me some overly dramatic Joan Crawford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never go wrong with that. <laughs> no, love me some overly dramatic Joan Crawford. Um, and then he also produced Rosemary's Baby. One of oh. my favorite all-time horror movies ever. So fun fact, he was actually originally slated to direct that movie. Oh. But the studio wanted Roman Plansky to do it instead. The one Whoa, thing I love, the, mean... the thing I loved about that movie so much was just the unknown mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. they didn't reveal everything. So mm-hmm. it really left you up to your imagination to think like, what did this baby look like? What was going on between, you know, all these closed doors? And it was really, it was a good yeah. movie. Well, now whenever I, I eat something that is kind of chalky, <laughs> I can't not think of Mia, Mia Farrow going, it's just got such a chalky undertaste. Right. <laughs> And I have to say it as close to me and Pharaoh as I can. Um, so yeah, he was originally signed on to direct Rosemary's Baby, but the studio actually wanted Roman Polanski to do it instead, like mm, before okay. he went and lost his damn mind. Um, so instead, William Castle produced it, but he also had a little brief cameo in it too. Oh. Yeah. And the other uh, great thing, and I know uh, Dee was freaking out about this. because Oh my God. The Wizard of Oz oh my is God. her favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Wizard uh, of Oz. Yes. Margaret Hamilton, best yes. known for playing the Wicked Witch of wow. the West, plays the medium 
in the uh, 1960 version. So that's great. amazing. The role that uh, Matthew Lillard would have played in the 2001 version. So like, could not be more far off from oh. people. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some different casting there. Wicked Witch of the West, Shaggy. <laughs> it, it's real hard. But yeah, uh, she's just like. I, I adore her in, in anything and everything. Such an underrated actress. Didn't get a lot Such of notoriety. Such a presence, though, on the stage. Such a presence. I adore that lady. Um, and then the other super cool thing about the 60 version is that William Castle used... He loved film gimmicks for any of his, his films that he directed. So he used a gimmick called Illusion-O. And hmm. the whole idea of this was it would be the the 60s version obviously had the, the same concept of the glasses and you needed the glasses to be able to see the ghosts. Um, so William Castle used a film trick during the processing. So he had a blue filter applied to the footage with some of just the actors. And then he had a red one superimposed over the frame for the ghost elements. So when the audience went in to go and see the film, it was like the most crude infantile stages of 3d glasses. If you were one of the quote unquote brave audience members, you would be given these glasses and you could actually look through the lenses and see the ghosts on the screen. But if, but if you weren't brave, you didn't get the glasses and you couldn't see the ghosts. Gotta wonder how many people asked for the glasses. I I mean, it was 1960. (laughs) This is true. So who knows? Um, but yeah, so super, super cool, fun fact about the film and, same kind of concept as the the 2001 version. There's a family that's financially struggling. Um, they're being kicked out of their house. All their furniture is being taken from them. Uncle dies, leaves them a fortune. Mm-hmm. And they have to go to this this house, this mansion that's being left to them. But it's haunted <laughs> by 12 ghosts. Right. And they're looking for a 13th ghost. Um, ah. So here's what I really loved is the so the between the 1960 and the 2001 version, the ghosts were very different. Extremely. Yeah. So there's, you know, it's just clutching hands is one of them. There's a, a fiery skeleton. My favorite. It's, it's super appropriative. <laughs> it's terrible. It's a it's an Italian chef that's murdering his wife and her lover in the kitchen. <laughs> but the, the way that they did it, he has like the stereotypical chef hat. But because this is the 60s and low budget, he was just wearing a T-shirt. That was like shredded on the bottom and that was the ghost and an apron that was shredded. But then he had like the most ridiculous paper mustache put on his little ghost body. Oh boy. I think, yeah. I think my favorite was the, uh, the lion tamer or the, the headless ghost. Yes. Um, and essentially if you can guess he was headless because he stuck his head in the lion's mouth and the mouth or the lion bit it off. Oh, there as, you go. As one does. <laughs> as one does. This, um, this is amazing. Oh, it's, it's so good. Like, if, if you haven't watched it, you can rent it on Amazon Prime. It's like $3. Um, but it's totally worth a watch. 100%. It was great. I loved it. Um, and same kind of concept. And as we talked about in our last episode, it's always the lawyer that causes the problem. So <laughs> when they go to when they go to the house and, you know, uh, there's the medium there that's talking about, you know, what Uncle Zorba did and all these other things. And uh, she was trying to communicate all these different spirits. So concept is all these spirits are trapped in the house. But there's also a lot of money that's trapped in the house, too, that the lawyer wants. Uh, and uh. 
And Which I think in the in the remake, same thing. The lawyer was looking for the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Always. The fortune. Yep. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. It's always the lawyer. It's, no. So if we have any fans that are lawyers, I'm sorry. It's not it's not you. It's just the movies. <laughs> I I mean I worked for them. They're pretty they're pretty bad. <laughs> oh uh, boy. I gotta I gotta watch that one. Oh, it's it's so good. It was it's, very entertaining. It's so good. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh and the whole concept is there's these 12 ghosts that are trapped that have been collected by the uncle Plato Zorba. Um, and they need a 13th ghost to free them all so that they can cross over and, and move on with what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's, it's super well done. The, just to kind of run through really quickly, the list of ghosts that we can kind of compare between the two versions. Uh, the spirits are a wailing lady clutching hands, mm. a fiery skeleton, an Italian chef murdering his wife and her lover in the kitchen. A uh, hanging lady, and there is a hanging lady in the 2001 mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Um, an executioner holding a severed head. Uh, a fully grown lion with its headless tamer. And that lion scene is like four minutes <laughs> longer so long and than like it the needs same to be. <laughs> I'm take like, over and over. We again. get it. It's a lion. <laughs> Um, oh boy! <laughs> well, you know how back in the day they would like replay the old the scene over and over mm-hmm. again to make it look like they were coming after you. So dramatic, right? it's yeah. So funny. Oh, it's great. Um, a floating head, presumably belonging to said lion tamer, uh, <laughs> and then Plato Zorba, the uncle that leaves the mansion to everybody. He is the twelfth ghost. Um, so throughout the movie, you kind of get these. You hear like the thirteen. 13 <laughs> being whispered all around the house because um, they're trying to find 13th to, to free themselves. Um, I feel it's, like this is so much more entertaining than the other one. Oh, it, it really, you it. know, and then and then for just, you know, the going back to 1960s horror, it just had such a feel to it. And you kind of know exactly what you're you're getting when you go into it. So yeah. You're not disappointed. You're like, this is this is really fun. This is really good. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely more entertaining. People in the 60s weren't in the 50s weren't desensitized to horror the way that we are today yeah it wasn't until you get some of the the really gory movies like um last house on the left Mm -hmm. and texas chainsaw massacre it wasn't until you really got to there that horror those were crazy yeah it it wasn't until you that's when horror really started to take a turn well it's definitely a different type of horror Mm -hmm. you know i mean the bloody gore versus the spirits and hauntings and things like that the bloody gore for me personally is just it's a little tough. It's not my favorite. No, and it doesn't bother me. Is that weird? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, just going into it, like let's just say Creep Show. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the episodes of Creep Show where they're hacking up body parts and stuff. Yeah. It's so campy, it's funny. You're yeah. not like really yeah. affected by it. Mm-hmm. But when you go into something like Saw where it's like they're Oof. like it cutting off little, each other's yeah. body parts and having a, that that was too much for it, me. It becomes a little too real. Like the um, Rob Zombie did a beautiful job on the House of a Thousand Corpses movies, yes. like Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. Did a beautiful job, and then even the Halloween remake that he did, well done. But the I, I'm at that point in my adult life where there's just a little too much ugly in the world that yeah. it becomes a little too too real. Yeah. I much prefer the campy bloody versus mm-hmm. the Evil Dead serious. versus yeah Evil Dead. You <laughs> right. know, drag me back to hell. Those Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, Let's just say Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi versus Rob Zombie. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like going along, kind of like the campy. I don't know. I feel like the the two thousand one version for me. I mean, I wasn't scared. Or anything, and I know there was like some kind of 
a little bit of gore in there. Not much, but I don't know. It. I felt like it was a little campy for me because there's just parts that I just laugh. Well, it is but. campy, yeah. And well, let's let's talk about the tw- the 2001 version. So our our favorite monk, uh, M. Beth Devitz, who uh, she was in Schindler's List, and then she, my favorite role of hers was the teacher in in Matilda. Oh yeah. Um, she was just adorable. Uh, Matthew Lillard, good old Shaggy, Shannon Elizabeth as a little teeny tiny baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they probably could have chosen someone maybe a little different for that role. But, I mean, I guess they were trying to go for a pretty girl, maybe. It was well, like a she, pretty girl kind of thing. We had to look this up because I couldn't figure out when American Pie happened because oh, yeah. it all kind of happened at the same time. So uh, she really rose to prominence two years before that when American Pie came out. So that was like her her big break in film. And then they... It seemed like they wanted a name, some sort of notoriety, so she was in it. Although, I liked her better in American Pie than 13 <laughs> I, I thought she was pretty... Uh, because her role was so much smaller. I thought she was pretty uh, hilarious in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes. Oh, yeah, she was good in that, too. Um, and, and then it also had uh, F. Murray Abraham, who won his Oscar for Amadeus. He plays uh, Cyrus, the uncle who yep. is building the house. Uncle Cyrus. Uncle Cyrus. He's a brilliant actor. Yes. Yeah. Like, just yes. amazing. And, Such a chameleon. Oh yeah, guy. and to see him to see him in in this film was unexpected, but great. Yeah, and, and he played such an evil character. Oh like, yeah, really, really evil. liked it. Yeah, man. And I I really loved how it was filmed. Yeah, it was me too. just the way that they did the house. It was beautiful. But the house was phenomenal. Oh, just yeah. all the sliding panels and mm-hmm. and all yeah, that. That, that was, was really, really cool. well. All well the containment done. spells. Yes, the, the containment mm-hmm. spells. And I loved that they kept the glasses from the 60 version to the 2001 version because Oh, the, that's cool. Yeah, the, so the whole concept in the 2000 or the I'm sorry, the 1960 version was the idea that uh Plato ha- uh, Plato Zorba had the uncle that you could control a ghost if you could see it. Right. So he had the glasses that you would wear to see where all the all the ghosts were. Oh. Um, yeah. And and so I like that they kept that portion of of the story in the 2001 version. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was it was great. Um, it was I loved the spells written everywhere. My one gripe because I absolutely love this movie. I love it for the camp. Mm-hmm. Um. I wish that it would have been scarier. Yeah, Me too. And I was just going to say, I hope that... Even with the deaths, the deaths are very yeah. campy. They're not, yeah. like, scary. Yeah. Well, I thought, like, the, the ghosts, the, you know, the, the 12 ghosts... Terrifying! Well, oh, they, yeah. were, they were kind of scary, but for me, I still feel like I wanted to I be think, scared a little bit I think more. Actually I, one of the, I think one <laughs> of the scariest me. ghosts for me was the jackal. Same. That was by yeah, far the, the scariest The jackal ghost. gave me nightmares. Yeah. Well, I feel like be- the jackal is probably the scariest because that it feels, that one feels more real. Well, I think it goes I back like to those claw me. marks that you mentioned too. Like, yeah. you know, the, the scratching and the, the mm-hmm. right. Like that, that particular ghost feels more like real. And I feel like the other ones, I mean, like, there was the creepy kid with the With the arrow through his head. <laughs> Kids are always kind of creepy. The firstborn son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, and when you guys were talking about the 1960 version, like, I mean, like, I feel like those were more, like, ghosts that you would kind of hear about all the time. Whereas this movie, it went on with... But they talk about the Black Zodiac, where he was trying to collect all these ghosts for each thing. Well, they have a different story. Yeah. yeah for so, sure. so, you know, so it does 
take it a little bit darker. Um, but I was actually reading, so like they, there is this black Zodiac, but it they kind of like stretched it a little bit for this movie. So is the black Zodiac real is my question. Is it a thing or is this just like creepy pasta right. that's been made up? I, I mean, I've been reading a lot and just trying to research more on this and I think they stretched it for this movie because the real thing it's called it's called the the dark zodiac which is basically the it's the dark the dark counterpart for the western um astro- astrological zodiac which we know. So it's um, basically like everybody has a good and an evil right counterpart. Some of us more on one side <laughs> than which, others. I mean yeah, so do you, do you want to know which one is yours? Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just taking a little, (laughs) just kind of taking a little break from the actual movie. But, um, okay, so for Aquarius, you are known as the Beast. Accurate. (laughs) In so many ways. And it says, dwell in the dark long enough and you shall become darkness itself. Oh, ain't that the beast knows? (laughs) The beast knows and accepts the evil inside inside them i can support this yes <laughs> i'll tell you what's wrong with me you don't gotta ask yeah. well i think that part also about you know just if you dwell in the darkness long enough you start mm-hmm. to and hey it's a, <laughs> oh my god it says you can point this evil in any direction yet you would rather point it inwards than set it loose on the people you care about oh that's very true <laughs> you are the master of your own demons you consume fury pain and despair like a bitter drug. Wow. Is that why I have so many tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> and then mine, uh, for Taurus, I am the fallen demon. <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised by that. that one. <laughs> but, I mean, like, reading it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it says, so, you are the fallen demon. Your past is a ghost that follows you everywhere. You have made mistakes and you live with the repercussions. People have wronged you and you will never forget. Others may see you as a broken man or woman and they may be right. They may look down on you because you were defeated and you've been to hell and you will never go back. You will redeem yourself no matter what it takes. Oh, I was like, oh. Well, since uh, since this episode is for our friend Demetria, she's a Virgo. What's her sign? Ooh, Virgo. She is the Maelstrom. What's that? Ooh. <laughs> it says you are the Maelstrom, like a like the wrath of God. You are most dangerous to the ones that you love the most. You may protect a caring and compassionate image, but you have the tendency to be possessive. What's yours is yours alone. Better destroyed by your hands than taken by others. You dwell on jealousy and you savor the fury that comes with it. Ooh. I don't feel like that's her. Yeah, I don't feel like that's her either. <laughs> well, Mitria, that's yours, but we don't feel like it's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> What's Jared? Jared's a Gemini. Jared, Gemini, you are the basilisk. And yes, this the really huge like snake the from, Harry from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it says the basilisk commands fear. You your stare is deadly, but your bite is Ooh, deadlier. That's very true. Ooh, <laughs> you are built to harm, and you know how to torment others. In the right situation, you can be very dangerous. 
all you need is <laughs> provocation. I can't ever say provocation. That. Provocation. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why I can't ever say that. <laughs> Those who who know your true nature regard you with equal fear and respect. Those who do not will find out in the worst ways. Dun dun dun. Ooh, Jared. I thought the Gemini's just can't make decisions. <laughs> Because there's two of them, right? Like, what's for dinner? We never... It's one of life's great mysteries. <laughs> I no. never know what I want to eat. Same. Well, I, I love that they incorporated... Uh, although, the the obviously, it's very, very different. The ghosts in the movie were very, very different from the Dark Zodiac. Yes. Um, but I love how they modernized it for 2001. Yes. And if, you, if you're really, really interested and you really want to get, like, more of a backstory on all of the ghosts... I think, you know, you can, if you go on Google, it does, they will do yes. a full, mm-hmm. you know, going into each particular ghost mm-hmm. and tell you exactly what their backstory was and how they came to be and everything. Yeah. Okay, so that's what was missing for me for the mm-hmm. movie, because I, I love the movie, but I wanted more from each of the ghosts, because the ghosts were fucking terrifying. But yeah. you wanted to know why and how they were there. Exactly. Yeah, um, like the one that kind of, I mean, I read some of these backstories online, but I'm still... I still want to know more about the great child and the dire mother. <laughs> well, so that was an interesting story. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were sideshow freaks, and mm-hmm. apparently she, I think, they killed the freaks killed her. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then he got pissed off and killed everybody. But then he was also, I guess, she had, um, you know, sexual relations with like a really big circus freak, yeah. which created this really ginormous child. But the child was um, mentally incapacitated incapacitated so really he had like the brain capacity of like a three-year-old poor guy yeah like it's the stories that they have for this but like also like when i was doing the research like i was kind of hoping like i don't know like i was just hoping to get more from like like true stories that happened like where they you know got these ones for the the, the, for the Mm -hmm. characters for this uh, black zodiac that they based the movie off of but the um if you buy the two disc box set of the movie they actually have on the thing it's the second dvd they walk through the backstories of each of the ghosts oh that's cool and how they created them yeah so cool i wish it would have been in the movie so my my hope is that somebody remakes it again (laughs) well or that somebody picks it up and does a prequel that has cyrus in the process collecting each ghost Mm -hmm. yeah because they show um they show him collecting the juggernaut at right. the very beginning of this right. movie, which that one also scared the shit out of me. He was like, I think the worst one of all of them. Yeah, between um, the the three ghosts that gave me nightmares when I first saw this as a kid were the the jackal, the juggernaut, and the hammer. Mm-hmm. The okay. hammer was. I don't know. I didn't. I, the hammer didn't really scare me. I don't know why. He had railroad <laughs> spikes in his yeah, head. How does like, that not scare yeah. you? <laughs> was it just the fact when he was like pulling it out and? Was it that or I don't know? Just because probably, but real. Have you seen them shits? They're fucking huge. <laughs> he's a big, scary guy. Yeah, he's huge, and the railroad spikes are huge. <laughs> like that's terrible. Yeah, definitely, definitely those three for me too the were probably scariest. my scariest. 
Although the, I have to say, creepy little dead child wandering around. Yeah. Also, well, also pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, he's just he's just wandering around, not really doing anything. I wish that they Gets would. Gets a little have. weird smile now and again. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah. Or even if there was maybe not a, a prequel movie, but if there was a mini series, because I I am a firm believer everything should be a mini series to yes. go more in depth to the original mm-hmm. inspiration for the screenplay. I would love it if there was a mini series that walked through each ghost's backstory and then how they're being collected by Cyrus. I think that would yeah. be a great idea. That would be awesome. I mean, even if it was like a like a show for Netflix and they oh, went yeah. through like each episode was him capturing one ghost. E- mm-hmm. One ghost and like going through or the whole thing. Or maybe just like the story of the ghost and then, you know, he goes yeah. to capture Or like it. how yeah. how they died and then yeah, like you said yeah. and then going to get mm-hmm, them and right doing the research on that like i think that would be really cool oh absolutely. so somebody's out there writing that there's your idea <laughs> pitch to netflix also, um, in the new in the newer movie mm-hmm. i didn't really know like what the nanny's place was <laughs> i found comedy. her comedy yeah, that must have been it because Token. i'm just like i'm like what is, what's her story comedy i'm just gonna say the whole line where she was like just letting you guys know i don't do windows that, that's me. I, I think it's at the end of the movie where she's going on around. She's like, "That's it. Mm-hmm. I quit." <laughs> <laughs> well, and looking at so like comparing that to the sixty version, there was no obvious. The the mom was in the nineteen sixty version, um, and I love that it opens up there at the Brea Tar Pits, and Ooh. and the dad is a guide at the Brea Tar Pits. I kind of like the whole thing. Oh. It's just based in LA. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I think just being from LA, yeah. we love things. It's like being from New York. When you're from New York, you right. love New York. But when you're from LA, you love everything you love about LA. LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. And it's kind of nostalgia getting to see it on... Seeing the dinosaurs in the museum. You're yeah. Like, yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah, like, oh. I remember my school field trip to the Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> 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 um, but the, the mom was in the 1960 version, but obviously she's dead for the 2001 version. Mm-hmm. Um, so they added the nanny and is like another strong female character and she was funnier than shit she was especially at the end when she's like i am not getting paid enough for this (laughs) quit quit i was like this that's me yeah i did i did find that interesting between the first and the and the second version that that was one big difference was the wife Mm -hmm. you know but i like how they made it because in order for her to die he needed you know tony shalhoub's character to be the 13th ghost Mm -hmm. to sacrifice for his family. Like, I just like how they kind of tied that in. Like, there was a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, her well, being dead. And he was saying that's why he chose her was mm-hmm. because he needed that yep. sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he, and looking at the the difference between the ghosts from 1960 to 2001, there was, so even the, the disembodied body parts in the 1961, because or the 1960 version, I shouldn't say 1961, mm-hmm. because then everybody thinks I'm saying 61, but it's the comparable to the version. torso in the 2001 oh, version. Yeah. yeah, so there was the the firstborn son, the little boy that we talked about, the torso. Who uh, backstory on him? He was supposed to be Jimmy the Gambler Gambino, who was a gambler from the early 1900s. Huh. Yeah, caught the attention of the mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, after he lost a boxing bet, he didn't have money to pay up, so the mafia cut him up into pieces and wrapped him in cellophane and dumped his remains in the ocean. Oh, okay. As they're one to do. Have you read the backstory on the jackal? Oh, I sure have. So the jackal uh, was born to a prostitute in 1887. Oh, lovely. Uh, 
Ryan, and his name was Ryan Coon. He developed a sick appetite for women and attacked and raped prostitutes and strays in the night. Um, you know, very reminiscent of Jack the Ripper. Um, he voluntarily went to Borham Wood. Sorry, I can't speak. Uh, <laughs> Institute for treatment to cure his problem, but the medical practices made him much worse, causing him to go completely insane after years of solitary confinement and having his head locked in a cage after breaking out of a straitjacket and developing a hatred of humanity. And he scratched at his cell walls so violently that he actually curled his hands, mm-hmm. like, to, like claws. Yeah. So he had like yeah. actual claws. Uh, and when the asylum burst into flames, he chose to stay behind and perish in the fire. And his ghost still carries the torn straitjacket with the head, or with the torn cubic head cage. It's called A Sign of Hell's Winter. Yeah, that, one, that one's real freaky. It's a good story, actually. Mm-hmm. Good backstory. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And the bound woman, uh, her name was Susan Legros. She was the richest girl in town, was very popular. Her one flaw was the way she toyed with boys and men. Mm. Uh-huh. This is like, ladies, be nice. <laughs> right. Uh, or. Or if you like men in general, it doesn't matter what you was listed on your birth certificate. Be nice to men. And I guess you could compare the uh, angry princess and the uh, torn prince with the with the chef, actually, because it was like a murder suicide type situation yeah, where he so killed where he killed the mistress and the or you know the the t- uh, the angry princess. Her name was Dana oh, Newman. Yeah, uh, I like that story. She, she was a beautiful but abused lady who lived in the later 1900s. Uh, she had plastic surgeries to alter her perceived flaws. That's why she's got the big giant fake boobs. Um, and after a botched experiment that mutilated her eyes, she brutally killed herself in a bathtub at the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, her ghost often carries blood, is naked, and carries the same knife she used to commit suicide. See, and this is where I wish that they would have talked more about her backstory. Because yeah. when you see Shannon Elizabeth's character go into the bathroom, and she's like, oh my god, look at this bathroom. It's so right, pretty. Right, and she's so in there. And she's exactly. in the tub like, who the fuck's messing with my bathtub? Right. <laughs> like, you have I'm no idea. I'm here trying to take no, a no, no, relaxing no. bloody bath, and you're disturbing me. Right? Like, I'm busy. <laughs> Please go. <laughs> like you have zero idea um and then the torn prince was a guy named royce clayton he was gifted and f- he was a gifted and famous teenage baseball player in the 1940s and 50s who caught the eye of colleges around the usa uh thanks to his challenger a greaser who set him up royce died in an accident caused by break by cut break lines mm. uh his remains are still buried at the baseball diamond and his ghost carries that baseball bat Ooh. right Ooh. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And the uh, so the pilgrimess was. Oh, yeah. I thought she was creepy. Oh, she. I okay. So I wish that she would have had <laughs> a, a bigger more, part. Yeah, because yeah. she was in a little bit of it, but like the ghosts in this in this version were just so creepy and were so well done. Like mm-hmm. I don't know who the makeup artist was on this film, but they did a brilliant job. Yeah. And each role was so well acted. So even if the ghost was only featured a little bit, whoever was cast in each of these roles just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, even just the the little moments of her screaming. Right. Yeah. Right. So her name was Isabella Smith. She came to North America as a colonist in order to find a new life after being orphaned in England. Um, the tight-knit community ostracized and ignored her and used her as a scapegoat, being accused of witchcraft when crops and animals died mysteriously. Um, she denied such accus- accusations, but she was trapped in a burning barn and managed to escape unharmed. That sealed her fate, and she died of starvation after being condemned to the pillory that she carries with her as a ghost, and her skin was badly damaged. Mm-hmm. So she's walking around, like, in the stocks. Right. That's why. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
And just, by the way, just looking on IMDb, there was a huge special effects makeup crew. Oh, I believe <laughs> just it. Just so you know. But mainly, um, Greg Nicotero. Oh, really? Oh. was on this list. Oh, really? Okay. Just okay. so you know. <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. So that, that helps a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and then the, the last two were uh, my two of my favorites, The Hammer. Uh, <laughs> he was a happy and honest family man. His name was George Markley. Um, and he was falsely accused of stealing by a higher up named Nathan and threatened with exile from their old western town. Uh, George refused to leave and his family was lynched by Nathan and his band of thugs while walking home from the town market one day. Seeking justice in the corrupt town, George took his blacksmith's hammer and killed those responsible, but the townsfolk chained him to a tree and drove railroad spikes into his body. Oh, wow. His left hand was cut off and his hammer was crudely attached to it. The, his ghost is one of the more angry spirits. Understandably yeah. so. Uh, yeah. But you know where I, I kind of take from that story like just thinking about the times and you know slavery that, and that and they made him african-american too like i feel like they can really go deeper into that story oh yeah <laughs> like and there's a lot that you know they can do with they that could probably make a movie about each and one of these ghosts yeah they really could <laughs> the other reason why i loved this ghost so much is not because of his backstory because his backstory is fucking horrible yeah it's it's absolutely deplorable and it's disgusting and the reason why I love his backstory is because representation matters mm -hmm. and Hollywood has historically had a really awful time representing other races, other cultures yeah. um, with, within film and within television. So I, and Brian, I wanted to talk about tokenism in the horror community in, in one of our episodes, because that's also a really huge fucking problem. Like yeah. most notably when Jada's the first person killed off in scream two, that makes me angry. Um, but I, I love that there was at least some form of representation with one of the ghosts instead of just a bunch of real sterile white people. Right. And the last one that was, uh, captured at the very beginning of the film was the juggernaut. Oof. Uh, so his name was Horace quote unquote breaker yeah. Mahoney. Hate <laughs> uh, <laughs> that the truth. Right. Breaker. Uh, Brutal. Right. He, he was born very disfigured and was an outcast his entire life. Uh, his mother abandoned him at a tender age and his dad put him to work in the junkyard using his unusual strength to crush cars. Hmm. After his dad died, Horace went insane. He would take motorists and hitchhikers and tear them apart with his bare hands oh. and feed their remains to his dogs. After several of these murders, he was arrested. A SWAT team shot and killed him when he broke free of his handcuffs. As a ghost, he remained in the junkyard with his body riddled with bullet holes, killing intruders. Both Dennis and Cyrus remark that his kill count numbered in the 40s, making this ghost one of the most evil and dangerous of the 12. He was definitely one I would yeah. not want to run into. Fuck mm -mm. no. <laughs> he, he basically took Matthew Lillard and broke him like Far a toothpick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like a little twig. Right? <laughs> Snap. <laughs> and it's, oh God, that was the part too, because I remember at the beginning too, like he saw it. He saw his mm -hmm. death. And it's mm -hmm. like he knew it was going to happen. Yep. I was just like, oh. Well, that was one of the things that was different in the newer movie was that um, they felt, I think by having all these ghosts and stuff in the house, you could see the future. Yes. So that was the whole premise of the movie was to capture these 13 ghosts as symbols of the dark zodiac and by harnessing their power you and building this huge machine you could potentially open up the eye to hell and see the future and 
as we know, people, especially starting with, in the 80s, people became obsessed with money I and mean, power. Look at Back so, to the Future. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> if Biff Tannen taught us nothing, <laughs> right? Biff don't steal the almanac, <laughs> right? <laughs> People in the starting in the eighties were obsessed with money and power, and what could potentially make you want more money than having the ability to see, see the, the future. future? Right. Yep. Well, I just really hope that. I mean, if anybody is going to be like remaking this, I hope it gets a little bit scarier. I don't know. I just yes. You know me. I, I like to. Maybe, I like to be scared. Yes. <laughs> maybe a little bit more backstory. Well, that yes. too. But like, all around, it's an entertaining. Oh, it's, oh yeah it's so much fun and it's i love this movie and even though some of the acting's not the greatest <laughs> there has definitely been worse i have sat through worse um but i i loved it it's super fun it didn't fare particularly well on rotten tomatoes it, no, it, no uh, the critics didn't love it it was really no. short too it's, yeah it's only 90 minutes i think yeah yeah it's really it, it could have been could have been a little bit longer, but I hope that someone picks up some of the backstories of the ghosts and either wants to do a, a prequel or a mini series um, to try to give it a little more credit. But and speaking of the ability to to see into the future, if either of you could see how you're going to die and when, would you want to know? And no, why? no. No, because no. then I would just think about it for yeah. the rest of my life. <laughs> you, that, that's my thing is I, I wouldn't be able to get it out of my head. And I don't know if I'd be able to fully enjoy the rest of my life knowing exactly when I'm going to die. I used to want to know. Like when I saw Big Fish when that came out, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, I would like to know. Because then I'd know that no matter what else I did, I'd be fine. And mm-hmm. it would, you know, I'd know that this ain't how I go. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but now that I'm a little bit older and it, it creeps a little bit nearer every day, especially because nobody in my family lives terribly long. It's like, meh, maybe I don't want to know. Yeah, I feel like just want to live. Yeah, live life and just be a little oblivious. Yes, <laughs> not knowing is good. <laughs> to some things, I mean, right? Of course, like if I can, like you know, look in the future and just see some like cool things happening in my life that are coming. Like, I would appreciate that. But I've definitely I, been, been. I don't think I would dive into the death part. Yeah. I've definitely been curious to see a psychic before and you know, just see what they have to say. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Everything I've gotten from anybody that I've talked to, because I've gone to a couple of Halloween parties that have had, you know, people or psychics or people throwing cards and stuff. It's all been, you know, super generic. Shocker. (laughs) But (laughs) it's like reading your horoscope in the newspaper. It would be cool to go see like a real medium, like someone who really, Mm -hmm. you know, contacts with the dead. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could talk to some of your past relatives. Like that I wouldn't mind. It'd be like creepy at first, but I think... I would like it. There's a I've, few people I would like to talk to. Ever since my grandpa passed, I've been wanting to wanting to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And you you reminded me of something from this 1960 version of 13 Ghosts. When they're playing with the Ouija board, <laughs> it, it makes me crazy because they didn't hang it up. It's like a phone. You have to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so they just let all those spirits just like, no, please, just, just out of the cool. open. If you choose to use a Ouija board, which like, most shouldn't, but if, yeah. but if you do, that. but if you do, please hang it up like you would your damn cell phone. 
say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Don't leave those angry spirits here. No, they just, they're they're playing around and they ask it, you know, are there ghosts here and how many? And then are they here to hurt us? And and are they going to kill somebody? And then the planchette, like, yeah, who are they going to kill? And it floats over to the daughter and like the planchette lands on her lap. I'm like, hang up the damn Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, say goodbye. Okay, thanks, bye. That'd be the first thing I would do, like, if it started moving, I'm like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> Talk to you later, it's okay. Yeah, I wouldn't, even, wouldn't even play with it that long. No, no. <laughs> no thanks. But always, always hang up your Ouija boards yes, if, you, if you learn nothing. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to watch the that 1960s version. Do definitely it. do, because the 2001 version is super fun. Uh, the 1960 version is also fun yes if, if 1960s horror is your thing it's awesome you won't be disappointed well you know i, mean, I, lo- I love all the overacting. i feel like <laughs> oh yeah whose whose thing is it not though like if you don't like 1960s horror what's wrong with G-F-O. you oh <laughs> like the, the the 60s the 50s and the 60s gave us the great instant price oh so. yes master Indeed. Well, that is our show for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can download us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, If you have any topics you'd like us to cover or any questions for us or feedback, please email us at thesquadghouls at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. And also, please rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. We don't, I don't know if we even have any right now. I haven't looked. We might, but. Maybe. have to go do one. But please, yeah, please rate us. And we love comments and questions. Keep, keep, and sharing, we keep sharing. Yeah. Correction keep... corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On any information that we've shared. Sharing, yep. sharing is caring. Yep. <laughs> so follow us on IG at the Squad Ghouls. And thanks so much. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Bye.